0: It's Movie Geeks United. Thanks for tuning in. We took a week off for the Super Bowl because we all love football.
1: Oh we're
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Um, so what have you guys been up to? What have you seen? Well well, should we should we maybe before we do
2: anything, should we talk about the
0: uh, I mean, the I mean,
2: Al- Thurman piece last week in the New York Times? Because that broke
0: Sure. Last
2: weekend. Should we just talk about that? Should um we yeah, All right. So I I don't. I mean, has this? Let me ask you first of all. Has this like died down by the middle or the end of the week? To um, have you noticed that, or is that just me? Or because I'm really not paying. I haven't paid attention to it the last
3: couple of days.
2: I've been really offline most of the weekend. So has this died down, or has it gone? Is it, is there more of an uproar? It, it, no it, it got it,
0: it got replaced by the Polanski thing with Tarantino. And then uh, I mean they're they're
3: they're trying to nab him any way they possibly can.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, what's going on? Does somebody have a have a have a beef against him? Me? I mean, I, he's he's not very well liked, is he in in the industry? Is he? Who, which Polanski or uh, Tarantino? <laughs> I mean, Polanski's well, kind of you know. <laughs> okay, so let's 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 backtrack
2: here a little bit. So we talked about Tarantino. Briefly, because his his, his he, uh, in regards to Harvey Weinstein, because he did know he or he or in his in, his, in the answer he gave was not how she would say satisfactory, good enough for people. So be, and it was not the greatest apology in the world. It was basically yeah, I knew but I didn't do enough kind of thing. Okay, um, that was gonna that kind of thing. I mean, people were gonna let him slide on, but then Uma comes out. Um, to Maureen Dow last weekend um, in um, her Sunday piece um, for the New York Times review mm-hmm. section. And it's not just about Harvey. Tarantino's in there, too. And, Tarant- and it sort of answers a lot of questions um, maybe movie fans, Tarantino fans have had. Why haven't they, the two of them, worked together since Kill Bill? And it becomes painfully clear why they haven't. Um, so I you're familiar with it. You're, you read the article, if I'm not mistaken.
3: I did not read the uh, the article, but I did see the footage. <laughs> I did see the. Well, uh, let's talk th- about that. Yeah, that's
2: important. That's important. So, what? I don't. If, if okay, so the yeah, I think it was that Tarantino wanted her do because. It would be authenticity, and you could see her face, but nowhere in the scene do we see her face. You could have, obviously Zoe Bell could have should have been in that scene, should have been in that car. There yeah. was no reason why. There was no reason. There was no reason under the sun that it could happen. That it had to be her. That, though, yeah, it had to be her. Having said that, though, the car was not safe. It yeah. was not safe, and they made that and the, Uma made the clip. They had put what did they? They changed it from a like a um a stick to an automatic. that trend. Emissions. Um and it was very dangerous to drive, and we saw that with the footage. And you know, right there, uh, let's stop right there. So there are two schools of thought. There is that it was reprehensible, Tarantino, it was wrong, and I'm a more of that school of thought. Then there's another school of thought. Oh, it's Tarantino being Tarantino, guys. That's just not going to cut it anymore. Um, we can't we can't be a party to that anymore because people are losing their. Lives are getting severely injured on the sets of movies. Let's just take all that movie incident a couple years ago with the Allman Brothers movie. I would have thought, and I think Jamie would take time in here too, since the Twilight Zone incident, this should have this. We thought this was this kind of stuff was sort of behind us. But obviously, I would have thought there'd be safety things on all movies, or at least most, at least big movies like Kill Bill. I mean.
3: Am I missing something
2: here,
3: or, um... well, first of all, let's first of all a big thing that's happening these days that's still going on is that uh, crews are being overworked mm-hmm.
1: uh, sure. uh
3: they're being overworked to you know crazy hours, you know it's the same thing that that uh, Haskell Wexler was fighting against, you know. Right. He wants twelve on, twelve off. But uh yeah. the movie industry doesn't want that. Uh even the workers don't want it really. Uh so uh well, they,
2: they, it's money. It's how they make a living. So the more hours they work, the more and it's time and a half. So um I, so I how do you solve part. it? How do you solve um, the problem? you that, know that, I mean that's a, that's a, and I remember your interview with um and that was a very good interview with Haskell, um but I remember that you talking about that. And that's a big issue though, because is how do you solve that? The workers don't want it. And look we're all you know, all of us, you know, we work and we want that time. you know, when we work overtime, if we do get overtime and what time and a half I was looking at my check last week and I realized I didn't get the overtime I was due. So I'm trying to figure out how to solve that right now. But um but no, that's not to make right. But I wanted to talk about this because we obviously do you think, on a bigger scale, what happened last weekend with the Maureen Down? I'm giving maybe I'm giving Maureen Dow too much credit, but do you think she started, or maybe put the nails in the coffin to the author theory? Maybe this whole argument that we make that we look upon the filmmakers, especially someone like me, who does as a big Tarantino admirer, or a big David Fincher admirer, or what have you, but have we placed these men on pedestals for too far too long? Um.
1: Is that are we
0: finally are we coming to um yeah but I mean we we, we, to do lose? It, we we do it based on the on the finished product, I mean we right. we don't stand there while well, while they're in the process of making it uh no, no no i you know i I think I think Tarantino's come out and said it's the biggest regret of his life that he had her drive that car,
3: and I right. honestly
0: don't think he he thought it would have been a big deal uh because uh he thought it was like a straight road and nothing could really go wrong for the length of time mm-hmm. they had to drive down uh, it. Right, right he he sees the error of his ways and he but the thing that irks me is that Uma Thurman didn't actually say much bad about Tarantino. Uh True. and and all the all the stuff that was a lot of the stuff that was attributed to Uma Thurman like he spit in my face and he choked me with chain and all this kind of stuff she didn't actually, she weren't actually quotes, Marino O'Dowd wrote that as though it came from Uma Thurman and I'm sure that Uma Thurman said that because that actually happened but, um, but, but it didn't come across in the article like she was a perfectly willing participant in that because there's right. a scene in the movie where she gets spit in the face, there's a scene in the movie where she gets choked so instead of having another actor do that she trusts Tarantino enough, so Tarantino right. said, I'll, I'll, "I'll be the one to." Do. I mean, I don't see that that's unique to Tarantino movies, and it's not some sign of him being abusive to actors. It's just no, no that's what the scene calls right. for. And Uma Thurman yeah. actually came out and said, "Look, Tarantino, he he eventually did the right thing with giving me the footage, and you know, essentially, I have no beef with him. We've buried the hatchet, so it really wasn't about Tarantino." as much as the, no. the producers that tried to sabotage me getting that tape for so long. Right, right. Uh, and, you know, and, then, and then even the no, Polanski I, I... thing. This, this, this is what bothers me. There's a lot of fake outrage on behalf of people that aren't outraged. The whole Polanski thing, when he went on Howard Stern, where if you don't say provocative things, why are you on Howard Stern 15 right. years ago? Uh, right, right. And he, he said stupid shit about Samantha, the, the rape victim of Polanski And he and Samantha had a conversation last week And Samantha says I'm, right. I'm, I'm not mad at you or upset uh, you, You're wrong about what you said And I'll explain the truth of it And then Samantha said, I'm a big fan I just don't like the fact that you're making a movie About Manson And Tarantino mm-hmm. said, it's not about Manson, it's about 1969 so, But people are outraged On her behalf, and she isn't outraged and it's a Yeah. That's... A yeah. yeah. I mean it's,
2: it's but I think it's important. It does Yeah, it's not like we also have to take Marine Dow into consideration too, because that was a very good point that you bring out about Marine Dow because we're gonna have to I don't know, I in the last in the last decade of my life I've just really come to really hate reading op ed pieces and she is the epitome sometimes of why I hate them. Um <laughs> I mean, there's a very condescending tone um, I, I don't know if you guys get that By reading an opinion piece But I get a very condescending tone From a lot of writers Regardless of their political beliefs I just get a very condescending tone I got it And I got a very condescending tone On that one too um, No, I mean I would like I, I mean to counter that Diane Kruger Was interviewed um, During the press for In the Bay, And she had nothing but nice things To say about Tarantino Nothing but the nicest Compliments, so it wasn't something that's going on. And let me ask you guys this: Do you think, given what we know, do you think Jennifer Jason Leigh of all people would have gone to work for Tarantino?
0: Right.
2: I mean, I mean.
0: well by the, by the way Tarantino choked Tarantino choked Diane Kruger on the set of *Inglorious Bastards* yeah. too. I mean, they were his yeah, hands. No, no, I
2: know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, but she had nothing. But, which Defended him and prayed. You know, as of last week, you know, came to his defense really. So um, that's why I bring
0: that up. He was, that st- was he was stupid time. for letting her get in the car when there was a question about it, and yeah. and he's he's regretful of it. But uh, you know, uh, directors uh, directors push, and no director wants to hear no, we can't do it, especially when they think it's just like driving down a road and and it's right and, right. And, Why is this such a big deal when it turned out to be, you know, it could have been very dangerous? Um, So I believe him, that he's regretful of it. You know, uh, James Cameron. James Cameron takes, Mm. like, massive safety precautions in his movies, on Titanic and all that kind of stuff. But he's the biggest asshole director you could could imagine. And his budgets
2: are way bigger, too. I mean, come on, let's face it. Yeah, that's true, That's, that's true. No, I, I wanted to bring this up because I just think it's worthwhile talking about because sometimes you do, we put these guys, we put people in pedestals and everything And make it is like, so an interesting article by Anna. And what are they working to Bruce that really goes really far, far with the whole group of people against against like Woody Allen and things of that nature. Like, when are we going to get, when is he? Gonna, yeah, I do feel like, you know, um, was it, I think it was Michael Haneke who said this has become a witch hunt. He's the latest one to come out. Um, is I think like yesterday or today, and he says the Me Too movement has basically become a witch hunt. So he's getting criticized like crazy for saying that. Um. So I, I just thought it was really. I just wanted to bring it up because I think it's a worthwhile thing to talk about. Um, and Weinstein I, and I do,
0: belongs. In, Weinstein belongs in effing jail. If I mean, yes. if 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 there's if there's something provable in court, and by God, they got hundreds of <laughs> of testimonials that should be able to put him in jail. Uh you know, Kevin... you know what's odd to me? People have caught Harvey Weinstein, paparazzi because he's in Arizona. Yeah, where is Kevin nobody, Spacey? Yeah, nobody's caught a glimpse of Kevin Spacey
3: and you where, would think if, that
0: they'd be rabid
3: for that. <laughs> Even one photo? That's crazy. Yeah. Uh that's that's really surprising. Uh but the, yeah, I I'm I'm so <laughs> I'm tired of this whole thing. I was tired of it, you know, like when it was starting, the whole uh, Me Too thing. Uh, it's it's valuable knowing, you know, who's a monster and who isn't, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But I really hate this aspect of of entertainment reporting, reporting on people's personal lives. Uh, I, I find it well- all... I find it yeah, all terrible. I mean, it's,
0: it, it, it's it's going to self-destruct because it, it, because it is becoming a witch hunt. Like if you ever shook hands with a guy, you, you're complicit, uh, right? You know, and they just it, well, yeah, call record. out like people like Meryl Streep or some dumb shit like that. And and this whole thing has been headed by a terribly imperfect representative in Rose McGowan. And the the world started to see that last week when she made these appearances and and she and she's kind of whacked out. But I saw it from the very beginning because she was criticizing people like Matt Damon for profiting off of Harvey Weinstein when she is the one that literally profited off the sexual harassment of Harvey Weinstein. She took money for it to mm-hmm. stay quiet, and then she realized that the agreement that they had did not come with a confidentiality clause. So she started talking, which is great. We should hear her story, but don't criticize other people for making movies with Harvey Weinstein because that's not profiting off his sexual harassment. The only one that literally profited off sexual harassment is her because she took the money instead of taking him to court. Yeah. And finishing this 10 years ago.
3: Right, right. admitting um, other victims. Yeah. I I completely agree. Uh, yeah, I, all of it's all of it's sickening to me. I mean, uh, bringing uh, the whole thing of the whole Woody Allen thing, bringing that up again. Is this going to happen every year now? I mean, are they going to try it out Dylan Farrow, every year? Uh, that Woody has a movie out. Uh, so, well, well, Dean, Dean, what is Woody's future? Yeah, really. That's what I w- I'd love to know. What is that? I mean, what What is his future? I don't know what his future is. I mean, I, I you know, I I uh, <clears throat> I think it's coming to light right now. I sure would like to see him say something.
2: Well, he has come out.
3: I, I mean, he, I know. I, I know he's already done the 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 sixty minutes thing, which he did no, that. He, you he, know, he did an
0: editorial. After Dylan came out with her first, like, why isn't, why isn't Woody Allen being held accountable oh, yeah. as part of the Me Too movement? He did respond to that, but he can only respond with the same damn statement every time. And it's the same statement because it's yeah. the same thing he's said for 25 years.
3: Mm, yeah, it's true. The same story. True. true. Uh, now, yeah, He ain't going to get financed though.
0: in America for a long time. I think the French might finance him. Uh, you know... People that's probably what's happening I now. I mean, that's... That uh, is, yeah. That's got to be what's happening now. But let me ask you guys a question, though.
2: This movie that is coming out with Jude Law and El Fanning, where the guy has an affair
0: with a much younger woman... It won't come out.
2: Is it?
0: it I mean...
2: A rainy in New York? Yeah. I, don't you guys just think... Shouldn't he know better, though? Just shouldn't he know, given that if he makes... this, goes ahead with this movie, he is going to get raked over the coals for... Just should I just like... Shouldn't there be some sort of self-control that says maybe this isn't the movie to make?
3: Right yeah, now? I, I agree. I, mean, I agree with that, and uh, I to make especially since he's don't... so creative and, pro- and probably has you know tons of ideas uh, just in his in his uh, you know in his desk drawer. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think he is probably you know living in a in a crazy bubble. That uh, doesn't I mean, allow anything I, in. So uh, he's he's. I don't know if he's aware of.
2: Yeah, because
3: I, I don't think I don't think
0: he needs to make any more movies. He's. He, I mean, he's made enough. I think he makes movies to stay alive. I mean, I think he makes, I think he makes movies. because it keeps him busy. Yeah. Um, yeah like, and the second the like second like you stop, live. the second you die. I and, would like to see him make
2: more and just be an actor again in other like fading. sense at all I wouldn't, if he wants to do that and now, no,
0: now I just, you have all those actresses jerry you have all the actresses that are now coming out and saying yes you gave me my big break but uh i'm going to distance myself from you i regret working with you people like mira servino and rebecca yeah. hall
3: and you, you'd go never work.
0: think twice you'd never think twice about, about a lot of these people if it wasn't for woody allen and the truth of the matter yeah. is is that woody allen has done more for women in hollywood than any writer
3: director in existence. Yeah, name name, yes, a, yes, name 30, a director out there who's been better for women. Uh, yeah,
2: no, 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 I agree, and I agree with all that. My 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 argument, my my thing with that is, why why didn't you why did you, didn't you obviously a lot of these women that you just mentioned knew what was going on when they took those points. and they really pushed that way. If they really had this whole it's thing PR. Oh, it's a total PR, but it's. it's if you had these principles, if Rebecca Hall, knew, Rebecca Hall certainly knew what was going on, he wouldn't have taken that part.
0: Marysabina mean, wouldn't have been a mighty Aphrodite. Right? She knew what was going on yeah. back then. I mean, look, that Jerry. Married. Look, Jerry. You're you're, sit, you're sitting there in Maryland. Dean's sitting there in Georgia. I'm sitting here in Florida. All three of us know the story about Woody Allen. But someone in the in a career as a film actor who's about to do a Woody Allen movie doesn't know the story about Woody Allen. I mean, come Night. on. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, and I'm, I, I, am not, I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm the first
2: one to say why if you felt these actresses felt to say why didn't they do that at first why would they
0: you know why wouldn't they um you know that's my whole argument and I don't it is pure PR it it is pure kind of kind of a a scaredy cat shit PR Uh, uh, it's expeditious to come out and say I distance myself
2: yeah I mean that's what I hate about the coming back to this, this witch hunt thing, when they post that thing at Jezebel did where they posted the audio clip of, from Howard Stern from 15 years ago um, about Polanski and Terrence. I, I just like, I hate, that's the kind of shit I hate because it is a witch hunt. There is this like reverse McCarthyism, if you will. Um, and, and it's just like, it's not good. I mean, you're, this is how, how it's, it's a horrible thing to make me say, but this is how creativity is stifled by this kind of atmosphere. Um this is no one's gonna do anything. People are too scared, I think, after a point to do anything um,
0: yeah. and I, so, thought a, I, mean, I thought it was I thought it was a really fucking stupid thing for Tarantino to say but i I also know that he's on the Howard Stern show fifteen years yeah. ago i didn't give a i didn't give a crap. i knew what Trump was saying on Howard Stern fifteen years ago, and all of a sudden it becomes new to the world during his campaign uh mm-hmm. you know you're on a show. Where if you don't say something highly sexual or highly controversial or something, I mean, that's the place where you do it. And it's a stupid yeah. thing that he said, but he didn't say it to frickin' David Brinkley. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it would have been had impressive.
2: Jamie, had he said it to David Brinkley, who was dead, quite dead at the time, I would have been really impressive.
0: <laughs> I don't know. That's the first name that came to mind. I have no idea. I would have said <laughs> Edward R. Moro and that would have been better. Anyway, I would, have, I would. That would be very impressive. But um, no,
2: I just it's it's important to talk about this stuff. I, it's so, it's. I I think it, it's very funny in America, but in the outside world, other parts like obviously in Europe, you we had the actresses Catherine Deneuve and Bridget Bardot really come out, you know, against the Me Too movement. So it's a very interesting thing. But I I think that I think the actresses coming out against Woody Allen look. You just want to say, guys, it just—it's not ringing true. It doesn't ring true. If you felt that way, then you would never have taken the part in the first place. But you did this to get your to get make a name for yourself. Never forget that. Um, and it's not know, because
0: he, I like Woody Allen that I'm defending with. Like I honestly think, I honestly think that he's—he's he's innocent of it. In the long run, do I know for sure? No. But I have to come on one side or the other, and all the evidence points to he's innocent. Yeah. So it's—it's it's not a question of me liking him. I think uh, Polanski is guilty as hell, but I think the the, the judge uh, did something uh, unlawful. Uh, he, he reneged on a deal, and a deal is a deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, right, right. so I think that's wrong too. You can hold two thoughts right. in your head at the same time, people. And I'm all no, for no, the right. these two but uh, but it's it's you know it there's dangers Wait. here with.
2: Well, let me say something. You just said the most important thing that anyone has said. And you memory, you can have more than one thought. That's the big problem here. We live in a society, and it's not just, I mean, we live in a society, I don't, it's not just about movies or politics. you have to think one way, and there's no, you can't diverge from that path. You have to be on this one narrow train of thought. And it really just grinds me to no end that that's not just. There's, that's not how that's not critical thinking. We critical thinking's going out the window it seems in the last like ten years. Um
0: so it's yeah. great to have words and
2: thoughts, definitely.
0: Anybody um, anybody see a movie this these past two weeks? <laughs> I, I
2: saw I saw some I saw some movies. I saw a lot of movies yesterday, like in one day, which is just at
0: home, but yeah,
2: I mean um yeah, that's that was an interesting experience, but
3: uh, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of uh, a lot of bad movies. I've I've been uh, uh, watching a lot of stuff on um, on Amazon Prime uh, that they've just added. That uh, uh, they added a lot of Crown International movies, which if you ever <laughs> if you know anything about Crown International, I <laughs> hey,
2: can I just can I just chime in one moment about Amazon? So I finally looked at our Amazon Prime on our Roku stick last week. Just looked to see what they had. And I gotta tell you, their interface is awful. I really gotta
3: say they gotta fix that. They gotta make it a little bit more user friendly
2: um, to find
3: stuff. Um, that's okay. That's my two cents. It sorry. is hard to find things, uh, especially if you're operating it from your uh, from your tel. You know, you're doing it through the television. Yeah, uh, it just it's rough.
2: I just feel like it, Jeff Bezos is on the other side of the screen saying, "Hey, the hell with you! I'm gonna make this as difficult as
1: possible." Um, I went back um, so.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that To, to a certain extent Let uh, hear Let's hear
2: Crown International I can't wait to hear this I want to hear
3: what you watch on Crown Oh, okay So I watched uh, <clears throat> The Van <laughs> oh, Have yeah. you ever seen that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> The Van. You watched The Van. Uh, yes, you I watched The know. Van, and then I watched the secret, uh, the 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 sequel, uh, uh, Malibu Beach, which has some of the same characters in it. Uh, oh I didn't
2: know there was a
3: sequel. I knew about The Van. I did not know there was a sequel. Okay. Yeah, so The Van has uh, The Van is uh, <coughs> uh, it's not a good. Neither one of these are good movies, but I enjoyed them. Uh, <coughs> uh, it. The van was made in 77. Uh, uh, it has a small part for Danny DeVito in it. It's like the owner of, of a car wash or something that the main character is working at. He, The main character works at this car place and, uh, and saves up enough money to buy himself a bitchin' van. Bitching yellow van with a custom paint job, and uh,
1: oh my god! So it's just the
3: whole movie is just him driving around the van, picking up girls, and and going to the beach and stuff. That's that's the whole thing. Uh, I I've never seen a more plotless movie <laughs> than than this film. It is just so so rambling, but I love it because it it just has this kind of. It just has this feel to it. that's that's you know utterly uh, 1970s California. So uh, so I enjoyed it, even though <clears throat> even though it overuses some songs and it you know it, it's <laughs> it's such a cheap movie that they couldn't pay for a number of songs, so they just reuse the same song over and over again. Uh, which in this case it happens to be uh, Chevy Van by uh, uh, Sammy Johns, the number one hit single. Uh, uh, but uh, I I enjoyed the movies anyway, uh, even though I knew I should. Well, that's good. <laughs> no, 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 no,
2: don't don't say that. Don't say that. No, I. You, know, you say you know you say plotless and things of that nature. Do you think in some ways for some
3: of Richard Linklater's films, like everyone wants some and. Serious and confused he was influenced by this movie at all? I think uh, – oh, absolutely, for sure. For, I mean, absolutely. You know, uh, they're obviously connected.
1: This is uh, a
2: staple. The van is a staple of late-night um, television for a long time, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it was always on every couple of months on, the very like, you know, one in the morning or whatever, or, like, syndication or whatever. So I, I, that's how I watched it. I mean, so – I didn't know there was a sequel though. I did not know
3: it, 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 it. I did not know a sequel was really
2: needed, but obviously there was. Little,
3: little it, did I know. It's weird to call it a sequel, but it only has <clears throat> the van has a villain that's played by an actor named Stephen Oliver, and he pops up in Malibu Beach. It's the same character, so that's the only way in which they're really connected. They're not, I don't mm. know, you know. <clears throat> it really only continues his story. But uh, uh, yeah, well that's that, understandable. Know. I mean his arc his arc wasn't complete after the <laughs> yeah, I mean, he needed to
0: finish it out. There was still more to, to explore.
3: Hey, yeah. did you guys see uh, the two the two newest movies that I've seen that that I thought were impressive? You know that are actual 2018 releases. Uh, I saw Small Town Crime. See, that was good. Yeah.
2: Really good. I liked yes.
3: that. That was uh, that? Uh, <clears throat> John Hawks is the lead in it. He plays oh, a um, he plays a ex south cop, West, a southwestern ex cop, <clears throat> uh, who has a drinking problem. And That's pretty mildly. <clears throat> one night, one night after one of his benders, he's he wakes up in a field completely. You <laughs> know, he doesn't know how he got there, and he just he. He drives home, and as he's driving home, he he uh, on this deserted road, he sees the body of a uh, dying prostitute on the side mm-hmm. of the road, and picks her picks her up, takes her to a hospital, and uh, she dies in the hospital. And he uh, he sees this as a way to get back onto the force, which he's tra- been trying to do uh, with no success. And, uh, so if he solves this case, then he can get back on the force. Um, it was a really, really good movie, I thought. Uh, it yeah, is actually, uh, a, who, are the, who, a who really are the, other two actors in it? Are there two Robert other names? Robert Foster's in it. Robert Foster, in okay, yeah. Um, yeah, and, Andy uh, Anderson plays, his, Andy, plays he's, his, he's very good. Yeah, he Anderson plays his best really friend. really good,
2: and mm-hmm, he's great in it. Um,
3: it's directed, it. written, and directed by the Nelms brothers, uh, yes. Esham and Ian Nelms. Uh, so it's another uh, brother duo. <laughs> and Octavia
2: Spencer's in it too. Octavia Spencer's right. in it, and she's, she's she's an executive producer
0: on it actually, which I uh-huh
2: do. so I thought so. She obviously really what was really, it? Is, really
0: is it the, in... is it theatrical? Was it made for someone? Uh, I think online it's or a limited, really,
3: the limited theatrical. It, it did get a theatrical, theatrical release. Uh, it, it it played here in Atlanta for for a yeah. week or two. Uh So uh, <clears throat> so it is theatrical, but it, but it is on VOD. Yeah, it's a good
2: movie. It's really worth your time. I'll check if it out. You haven't seen it. No, it's really good, Jamie. I think you would like it,
0: and it's a great showcase for John Hawks. I mean, really good.
2: Yeah. Showcase.
1: Well, he's him.
0: wonderful.
3: You know yeah, he had he a wonderful scene? He,
0: he, and, he and Robert Forrester together too.
3: Yeah, yeah, great. exactly. Uh, 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 Clifton Collins is in it. Yeah. yeah he, was and he, was hala- it. he was hilarious. He was hilarious in Jerry it. He
2: recalls him. Remember, he calls the cell. He starts talking to him the first time we see him. He's talking to him on the cell phone and everything. Yes, I was like,
0: this is classic Clifton Collins. I, mean, uh, I, was, is, I mean, is Marjo Marjo Gortner anywhere in it? Or?
3: I wish No. somebody should bring no, Marjo somewhere. back. Uh, But uh, a a really, really uh, terrifically well-made movie. A lot of people are comparing it to Coen Brothers. I didn't really feel the Coen Brothers vibe in it. Uh, I mean, like
2: simple? I think
3: think people overdo the – I mean, just because it's a small town crime movie doesn't mean that it has anything really in common with – the Cohen Brothers I, I work feel, outside of I that. Feel
0: the, I feel the same way about Hitchcock. Every damn movie that comes out, is like, Hitchcock, Hitchcock, Hitchcock. I'm like, well, no. not every movie made, you know, has to do with Hitchcock was, necessarily. Yeah, just because it's think, a suspense movie
2: doesn't mean that it's Hitchcock. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I think that's cheap in Hitchcock when you do that, when you start doing uh-huh. that. I think, no, I think, I know what I, you know what I would say if I was going to... If I was going to compare it to another movie, I wouldn't think the Coen brothers necessarily. I was going to think more early
3: John Dahl, like Red Rock West and Last Yeah, Seduction. that's more fair, or, or John McNaughton yeah. or something like that. Like, yeah, John
0: McNaughton, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I agree. Man, with, John Dahl, man. See... John Dahl, I was, I was thinking about John Dahl the other day and Red Rock West and Last Seduction. Like these really strong throwback... You know, like a central plot in the small town and a baddie in the town and some fatal, the the money changing hits, like classic stuff. You know, I wonder, and I think he just directs a lot of TV now. He yeah. does TV, uh, but remember Donald when
2: Bush. we first started,
0: Jamie, when we first started, he did that movie You Kill Me, remember, with Ben
2: Kingsley? That was good. Right. That, that was a good movie. but No, he does, I think, mo- mostly TV, though, now, I think. Um, Which
3: is kind of the case with most of those 90s indie directors, yeah. you know. Uh, the show, show in Last Deduction, man. Jeez, she was
2: incredible. Oh, God, that was perfect. That was, like, just perfection. Um, we were speaking to Hal Hartley a couple of weeks ago, and he he did do that. He's directed a lot of episodes for that show. I don't, I don't think it's on. it was on Amazon,
0: uh, Red Oaks.
2: So he directed a lot right. of the episodes for that show. So he so he also, like, you're, you're absolutely right. A lot of these guys are going on to TV. From that generation. Well, the guy
0: that, um, the Heather's guy, the Michael, um, The Truth About Catholic Dogs and Heather's guy. Yeah,
2: yeah he does Mike a
0: lot Lehman, of TV
3: Mike. too. You know,
2: it's a good, it's a good, it's a good
0: gig. It's a good gig.
2: I mean.
3: Well, they're all tired out by uh, the, the process of getting a movie made. Can uh, you blame them? Can yeah. Blame I mean, them it's got to be harder I mean, now. Because at least you have a, have a second
2: like we were talking about a couple of years ago the turnaround t- time in TV is so that window is so small compared to movies which they go on not years but decades I mean so um, to try to get something made if, if you're even that lucky um, so you can't blame a lot of these guys
3: for going to TV plus they're, you know, they're older they don't <laughs> they don't want to go through it anymore they're tired they don't want it.
2: to do the 16 hour day they don't want to do the
0: 16 hour day
3: <laughs> Yeah, and there's I, a lot of there's a lot of TV out there,
0: so there are a lot of jobs. There's a lot of TV, and probably a lot more worth worthwhile product than they can find on the big screen. Uh huh. Yep. Well, exactly. I just,
2: if I can, hmm. if I can time in just for a moment about, uh, you know, it, and you know, how we watch, I think a lot of people, um, digest the You're breaking uh, up. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Um. How about now? How oh, is that okay? Or yeah. Is okay. That better. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm gonna stay frozen like this now. Um. But a lot of people get their media through the laptop or something and watch stuff on the computer. So the I guess I guess the boundary between what what we consider a movie and a TV show is 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 becoming erased in that regard. Um. Because we're watching a lot of people watching on a on a PC or a telephone or a smartphone definitely changes things. I just noticed that I'm just listening to people's conversations or eavesdropping on people's conversations, whether you know, in, in you know, just on, on, online or offline. I don't, guys. I don't know. People don't seem to be very interested in anything happening. Not so much before the year they were born, but before last year, even. <laughs> I mean, you guys get you guys get that? Do you feel that way at all? I mean.
3: um Well, you know, uh, yeah, I don't think, (laughs) I, I don't think that with the current political movements and so forth, uh, I don't think that a large percentage of that audience wants to visit a time where those politics weren't in play. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think that's the case and, uh, uh yeah. I
2: see it. I I see it so much,
3: Dean, that he
2: try to talk to people about things that well, that aren't even that old, but I mean stuff from like the just the early two thousands is considered ancient now. I I don't know Dean, I just don't know anymore.
3: I I don't
2: know. I I just wanna like throw myself out a window some days.
0: Um
3: Yeah. No, I, I, I think
0: I def- it is it is different. It is different though. I mean uh, the, the attention span has been changing for decades now and the kind of disposable nature of things. So if you think about the previous generation of filmmakers that had to rely on memory, I mean, they saw a movie once or twice the yeah. week it played in their hometown, and they didn't see a trace of it unless it came back to a revival house for years. So yeah. they, they were going on the memory of how a scene played or loving a movie, mm-hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't like it is today, where you can just bring it up, um, and you know, and people pull up shit, shit on their tablet and they watch it, and and okay, done, done with that, and there, there doesn't feel, there doesn't seem to be a permanence, too much of anything yeah. anymore. Can,
2: can I ask you guys another question? And if I brought this up before, please forgive me. Would you, would you ever lump the movies, the American? an American assassin in the same category of filmmaking? No. No. You you understand that one is made by... I'm not saying I'm not knocking American assassin, but it is just junk food. It's fun junk food. But the American is made by someone who is obviously a very talented artistic individual. um, and, And... and American Assassin is a is a, is a fun movie, but I would never just because they're both about assassins, I would not think to put them in the same style. They're two totally different style films. Right. right? Um. Okay. So I'm not I'm not crazy. I'm not, I was. Uh, okay. I just thought I was going nuts there for a couple months ago. So thank you. Thank you for. I saying. mean, I know, it would me be just... it
0: would be difficult. I mean, if you were putting a, if you're putting them both on a blockbuster shelf. They both go under action, I guess. But they're two totally they're under different a. movies. <laughs> yeah. I okay. uh,
2: They both have the American in the title. But if that was an American made. It could make a triple feature for that um, But, um, but and, and I guess I, I heard, I read something last night, that, and I know this is not what we're talking about, but it, there are people who honestly hope that Harrison Ford will come back for the next Star Wars movie that he's brought back to life. And guys, can I see right now? Can I throw myself out a window right now? Can I just throw myself out a window right
1: now?
3: Now, please? which character? Han, Han Solo. Have... Oh, come they on. They want please. Harrison
2: Ford to come back the want...
3: episode. They want him to come back as a ghost. He can't. He's, he can't. He's no. They want him
2: to come back to life, like he never died. It was just. <laughs> it's like in a bad dream.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's stupid.
2: Dude, it's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Just, he wanted that. Harrison Ford wanted that.
3: <laughs> yeah, it will, it will
0: not impact my life one iota whether he comes back or not. <laughs>
2: no, but I mean it's just like I will
0: say this, and I want to, I want this. Please don't edit this out of the show,
2: Jamie. I think episode nine will go down in history as the most fan-serviced film of all time. I think J.J. Abrams will give the fans everything they've ever wanted, and the movie is going to suck for that. I mean, I don't think... I don't think... I mean, they'll bring... bring, Hey, we'll bring back Ewan McGregor. We'll put Boba Fett in here. We'll put everyone in here for you guys. Oh, my God. I hate fandom. I hate (laughs) fandom. I know I really do, Dean. I'm I'm glad to hear you say it. (laughs) No, I've been saying it. I've been saying it for so long, but this last movie... So it's like if you get, if you do, you know the whole argument when the Force Awakens came out. Oh, it's too much like the original Star Wars. The argument this time. Oh, it's not like Star Wars at all. I just, we can't win. We yeah. can't win.
3: I mean, I it just it's, I don't under know to it's, a, it's under too much scrutiny. It's it's under too much scrutiny. I think no. can
2: you just go in and enjoy it? Just can you go in and have a good time? I mean, what happened to that? Um,
3: and
1: if and I can something say,
0: was like. It, like yeah. You know, and something with like princesses and uh, little puppets. Uh, I mean, uh, do we really need to spend this much time? <laughs> I know. I mean, can't we just have a?
2: Can we just, just finish think. it out? Can't we just get episode nine done, over with, and can we just move on, please? Can we just move on? We just move on hey, there, else, it'll please? just be another one. <laughs> another no, that's I mean, no. what well, we know. Did you, uh, speaking of that, can you. Wait till these guys from Game of Thrones start making these Star Wars movies. You saw that announcement this week. Um, yep. Oh my god! Yeah. we should we should be so lucky that there'll be sex and violence in these movies.
3: Um, <laughs> that's so the, that's something that they've been missing. Let's face it. <laughs> Dude, let's, yeah. yeah,
2: I will see this right now. If that movie, if that movie, if this really does happen, and there's sex and violence in those movies it will be the greatest Star Wars movie ever made, okay? I will say that right now. If there's nudity in a Star Wars movie, oh, fuck it. That's better than Empire Strikes Back by a long shot. Yeah, Sorry. really, really.
0: I mean, that's all That's all I've ever wanted is a Star Wars movie I can jerk off to. I mean, that's been my dream.
3: <laughs> Lots of people just, are jerking off to him anyway. <laughs> I, can I just say, Dean, can
2: I just say, Dean, can I just say right now, no, I've never, okay? So just, just – now, okay. now the porn parody, yes, but not the ones that we see in the. Um, <laughs> no, okay. All right. <laughs> All right, that's my. I'm sorry. That's
0: what's been grinding my gears this weekend,
2: so I'm sorry. I just wanted to bring that up. I'm sorry. Johan Johansson
0: died, minute. guys.
3: Two, two people uh, I know. That was, that was a
0: shock. Yep. 48 was, years old, uh, and one of the great of the
3: newer crop of composers. I mean, undeniably. Yes. Terrible. Uh, that was. It's been a long time since we had someone uh someone of that caliber die so young like uh I, you know I mean like a a, a technician like that feels like
1: mm-hmm.
3: feels like it's been a long time but uh <clears throat> wow that was a real stunner have they have they figured out exactly why what what was the cause of his death cuz not think seem suspicious. they have uh his No, it's um, still unknown.
2: They do not haven't said it, but I was stunned. I was really
3: shocked.
0: I just
3: mm. Yeah, that's, that's uh, a great and, loss. and John
0: Gavin. Uh John Gavin. Oh yeah. As Sam Loomis in Psycho. I had no idea he was still alive. Uh honestly. That's the worst But I that's the worst. Uh, that's he did, the worst. But he did he did retire in like 81 or something, I think. He retired a while ago.
3: Yeah. So, you're excused for not, not knowing that he's still alive. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not uh, a hard
1: one
3: <laughs> uh, Yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh, he was in a lot of big movies, you know, including Spartacus, Spartacus and, and, uh, and so forth. But uh, Psycho's the only one that really stuck for him, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He,
3: he well. sort of gets gets lost in the, re- in the rest of the movies, so... He, he, uh, yeah. Uh,
0: well, uh, more movie news. More movie news, guys, and then we'll talk about more movies that we've seen. Well, uh, uh, and then I'm going to try to read some email tonight because I've been holding it off forever. Joaquin. Phoenix, oh God! It's about <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker in the Todd Phillips directed Joker movie, produced by Scorsese. Curious project. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is. Can that I is chime?
2: Weird. Can I chime in here? I love watching Phoenix. Am I no, then, wrong in thinking? I
3: love. He's great. I mean, he's one of the greats. But does this not seem like it's kind
2: of beneath him? Am I wrong in thinking that?
3: Well, I would think that he would be passed all of this and moving on to you know. He's he's in the realm of like great actors, uh, you know, yeah. working today. He really and, is. Uh, can I? and i i i don't see why he, why he would want to do this do we,
0: all, maybe it's a great script i mean i i don't know dude
3: i mean well, we could have said the same be. thing
0: we could have said the same thing about the portrayal of the joker <laughs> in the, like, the dark knight like why would a great actor do this but you know it's a great part um
2: well suicide squad has a lot of things wrong
0: with it i mean a lot
2: of things wrong with it and one of the things wrong with it is Jared leto's performance as the joker um, there are right. some things it does very well. Well, that's but, not a great you know, part.
0: That's it's no, not it's a great not. part I, in that film. Yeah,
2: no, no, sure. it's not. I mean, the, the, the interesting parts of <laughs> in that movie are really. I mean, if you take Mar- the thing that you watch in the movie, you're like, okay, well, Margot Robbie certainly deserves her own movie, but that movie mm-hmm. and everything is just it tries too. H- you know, if a movie tri- if a movie ever tried too hard, in recent, it's that movie. I think it just and it and it tries so hard it falls on its face because. Um, okay, you have some interesting bits in that movie, but the movie itself, the plot, is just who cares? You, you don't care. In a movie like that, the, the plot, if you, if, you, if you have some interesting characters, it's just certainly, but the plot itself is just like, you're like, that. it doesn't, the movie's not so much the movie needs humor. The guys needed to go back and work on the script. You needed to make something, you have ingredients there for an interesting right. movie. Not a great movie, an interesting movie, but you have this, you have these the, what's that girl's name? Tara? The, the model. As I guess the main villain, or whatever. Like,
0: Guys, you need to go back and work on this. Um, but, just Scorsese um, producing um, I, a Joker movie. I mean, Scorsese's entry the comic book world. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> no, I mean,
0: buddies.
1: It's, it's it's it's
2: uh, I think it's beneath Joaquin Phoenix, he's such a good actor. I'd hate to see him cuz he's just going to be under a level of scrutiny he's never been under before.
0: I, 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 I think he's smart. I think he's smart and I'm I think he just likes the he has to like the property in order to
3: get involved in it. So let's, let's see what it is.
1: I mean it well, be I a like great thing. I
3: mean there's obviously something uh, very attractive about the Joker character that 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 does attract actors who want to, you know, get wild in front of the camera. I mean, you yeah, know, no. we've already had, we, obviously we've already had, you know, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> no, know, no, 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 <laughs> and, it's
2: a good, and it's a good performance so, as well. And if we're going to go there, let's go with Tom Hardy and Venom. I mean, I wouldn't give two shits about Venom, but Tom Hardy wants to be Venom. I'm all for that. I just wish he was tormenting yeah. Tom Holland on screen as Spider-Man though in the movie. We don't get that yet, though, but maybe one day we will. <laughs>
1: John
0: John Mahoney died.
1: Um,
0: yeah, oh, who whoever, whoever, everybody's talking about for friends, but uh, I always think about say anything with John Mahoney.
3: Uh, you you mean Fraser? You mean Frazier. <laughs> Fraser?
0: Fraser. Friends, shit, yeah, Fraser, right? Oh,
3: wow. Same shit. Think about <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> no, no, no. That,
1: well, that, I that, mean, that, let's that, face Eddie. it.
3: He was on he was on television for nine years uh, as that character, so uh, so there's no surprise that, that they would talk about mean, that.
1: Say, over
3: let me just say something right now. Over say you, anything. You, yeah, I know. Um, Fraser was a great. He, he was, was
2: real Fraser, and gone dog like Eddie had more charisma than anyone mm-hmm. on Friends. Okay, so let's just see uh, let say that right now. Um, no, I think of him and Say anything.
3: Always, it's a great performance. It's a great character. Man.
2: Moonstruck. I, I
3: think he's great in that. Uh, what?
2: What part was he? Because you were reminding me
3: something.
0: Moonstruck. Your phone is bad, Jerry. Oh God! It's I'm sorry. Co- Are Moonstruck, Are you walking around? No, I'm are you riding down, a horse?
3: I
2: think I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sleeping with a horse. No, uh, you know, I have a horse on top. Of, you know, how's that? Is that better?
3: Yeah. Yes.
2: Okay. You know what? I was slouched over. I'm sorry. I was slouched.
3: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> now must... we've learned a very
2: important lesson. We've learned a very important lesson. I have to stay Frozen if I'm going to do the show in this part of the house. <laughs> Thank you. I have
0: to really... It's hard for me. It's hard. I'm sorry. I don't mean... To well, you're fit enough to show. do it. That's, that's, that's why you work out every night. So you could remain frozen if yeah, you do great. the show. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: it's
0: I the know, only the reason.
2: reason. It's, easy. it's the only reason for this show. I work out for the show. He works out for a podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, uh, I wanted to mention this. Uh, I went to go see... Um, uh the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival is going on right now uh, uh it, it's a it's a two week festival it's a really long festival um but uh they had uh, uh the movie Gilbert uh about Gilbert Ooh. Gottfried uh played and they had Gilbert Gottfried down here uh oh well wow. for the screening so i went to the screening i i really liked the movie by the way it was really oh, really okay. good. Really, really good. Have you have you guys seen it? You've seen it, haven't you? No,
2: no, no. I haven't. When?
3: Yeah, right. did I come I it. to you? It's really good. It's uh, it's uh, you know it's basically just a a, a peer into Gilbert Gottfried's life uh, as a father and as a as a husband. So you get to see him with the sort of the comedy curtain uh, coming down. You know. And uh uh you get to see him as a as a as a normal, you know, New Yorker <laughs> wandering around catching the bus and everything. It's crazy. But uh, <coughs> uh I really, really dug the movie. It was uh it, it was it was great to uh to see that side of of a comedian that I, I really didn't think there was another side to him. I, I thought that, you know, that the persona that we see in the comedy shows is the real guy because <laughs> he never lets that curtain down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was uh, it was comforting to me to know that that's not the real Gilbert Gottfried. That uh, that yes, He's he does so have. He's so funny. He was he was on like a
0: morning TV show <laughs> recently, and uh, they're asking him about Harvey Weinstein, and this is like people watching this. You know, it's like Good Day, Good Day Channel Ten or Good Day Tech uh, Austin or something. And so he's on the show. They ask about Harvey Weinstein. He's like, "Yeah, it's terrible. It's, I just don't understand it. Like, whenever I masturbate, I do it all by myself. <laughs> I do it alone. I can not understand <laughs> wanting someone." <laughs> and meanwhile, the local newscasters are like, "Oh Jesus, say this to too." Long.
3: They should have known that uh, you know, that was what they were gonna yeah. get. But uh <laughs> he doesn't hold back on the things like that. Uh I love him. Yeah. I, no, I he's I, great. I got got a new newfound uh uh, uh admiration for him watching the film. Uh and so I'm gonna pay attention a lot more to the to the uh, well, podcast and so forth.
2: Let me ask you a question. Does it go into um, in the, how far does it cover his whole life, or does it cover recent? Um, his recent life talk his parents. Yeah,
0: they talk about his background, his parents, and everything. Does it yes. talk about because? Remember
2: the documentary, The Aristocrats. Remember and how it ta- towards the end mm-hmm. they
0: talk about. It, it, you know, it
2: doesn't. It, yeah, it. It hits on that. That's gaining re- so much respect, because I didn't know, you know, I only know him before that documentary, I really know him as the guy that does, like, USA Up all night, you know, all that kind of stuff, so I didn't really yeah. know, you know, well, this is but, but it state. doesn't,
0: sound, I mean, once once you feel like, when you see him with his kids and everything, and you feel, like, so cuddly towards him, then it cuts to his act,
1: <laughs>
0: with, with holds no punches, it spares no prisoners, and uh, you're like, wow. I mean, so they do show two, the two sides of him, uh, okay. and they're both the same person. I mean, they come from the same well. That's it, just who
3: he is, and it's great. I appreciate both of them, both sides. Yeah, I, I uh, his his wife seems like a wonderful person, and uh, and you must uh, have the patience yeah. of a saint. <laughs> yes, she she clearly does, uh, but. They seem to be living kind of a, a perfect life, if you ask me. You know, judging from the movie, it, it seems uh, it seems like absolute perfection. Uh, so, yeah, that's good. It's good for him.
0: Uh, uh, a life he never expected to have. Yeah, I mean, he's as surprised as anybody that's known him. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Oh, good. Well, the 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 Atlanta Jewish Film Festival. Yes. Did they did they have did they have a screening of The Accountant?
2: What else did they get? What else did they show? I'm curious. I'm just really curious. What else did they show?
3: Um Oh, uh, you know what, I don't have the uh I I don't have the the schedule here in front of me, but uh that's the that's the only thing that uh Jeez, I, I can't even remember. Uh what a penny. <laughs>
0: what's your what's what's your favorite what's your favorite Ken Russell movie?
3: You know, it's funny, I've been uh I've been you know, visiting some Ken Russell over the past few weeks. Uh uh I saw the Devils for the first time. Uh Ooh. that was pretty that was pretty disturbing. <laughs> uh <laughs> That was hard to get through, I felt. Uh that's that's a difficult movie to get through. <laughs> but it's it's nuts. You know, my my feelings on Ken Russell are uh, I, I'm thankful to have such a madman uh making movies for a little while. Uh, he's Yeah. He's, right. he's a one of a, one of a kind visionary. Even if I don't enjoy every one of his movies, uh, I'm glad that he was in there making them. So, no, but, no, yeah, I, thing, I, I
0: rewatched uh, I rewatched Crimes of Passion the other week. I was
3: like, Jesus! <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jesus is, is, is that would be an response?
3: <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that since it came out in the eighties. Uh, but it was it was it was nuts back then too. So yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, uh, you know, yeah. and I, he, he's a one of a kind guy. What are you gonna
2: say? I like to have a um, view with
0: them. I, I uh I watch some critically acclaimed stuff. You know, this is really if you're like me, and I know you guys appreciate it too. If you're if you're a big fan of Turner Classic Movies, this is really the the one month out of every year that's great because they're Oscar. Uh, thirty-one days of Oscar. I guess it's February, so it'd be twenty-eight days. I don't. I don't know. I I, I don't know the math,
1: but
0: um, <laughs> it, it's great programming for for boarding till night. And so I I've Tivoed a lot, and so I've watched stuff that I've already seen, but I like to revisit occasionally, including Straight Time, uh, which is uh, yeah. My God, it, it, this time when I watched the movie, uh, I was just I was astounded all over again just by the quality of the supporting cast alone. Yeah, we would have like uh, young Kathy Bates and Teresa Russell. You have Gary Busey, Emmett Walsh, especially hmm. Harry Dean Stanton. I mean, what a like a really
3: um, authentic group of supporting actors. Yeah, um, it's it is. It's, da- it's dazzling because of that. Uh, uh, but yeah, that that movie's that movie is so fantastic. What a great, uh, you know. Of course it was supposed to be his uh uh Hoffman's directorial debut. And uh uh what was what was the reasons behind do you do you know the reasons behind well Hoffman? Uh, Aaron Aaron talked to
0: his D P which who was uh, Owen. I think Owen Roisman and said that Hoffman directed for about a week and and then he said, I can't do this anymore and he brought in Ulo Grosso art <laughs> Um, And and I think it's because uh, of the kind of actor he was then. I mean, could you imagine De Niro directing Taxi Driver? Like, switching in and out of that role to go behind the camera. You know, he he was an actor of great immersion into his roles. And actually spending time to direct it, uh, you know, I, I don't think he could achieve the kind of perfection that he wanted. From himself as a performer So uh, you know And it's telling that 30 years later He makes his directorial debut And he's not in the movie He directs um, Yeah You know Yeah Oh okay. is that That's the,
2: the one That the The um,
0: in the, the boy choir if, Boy choir Is that what it is, is that the, the, the opera right. singers And in the, in the rest home Or something Or the In the, the nursing home, home.
2: Yeah, but, yeah Yeah the nursing yeah. Is, Emma, is
0: Emma Thompson in that Or No no No, no, no. Um, Maggie Smith. One of the red rays. And it's, it's, a, Smith, it's actually called old, "Old People Singing in a Nursing Home." it's the <laughs> <Four> title. <ten. laughs> Good oh. Title.
1: title. Oh
0: yeah, yeah I saw
3: that. That's so bad.
2: That's really bad. You know, you watch too many movies and you don't know if you've seen that
3: one. That's really bad. Um, I have to admit that one. <laughs> I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, oh jeez, did I watch this?" It's hard, it's hard yeah, to tell. Yeah, I know.
0: That's all I know. It is deep. Yeah, and then it's I, like, you know, no. I rewatch Clute. Then I rewatch Clute. Oh, that's which
1: good. Which is, uh,
0: I always like Clute, but um, it's, re- I mean, Jane Fonda is astounding in it, obviously. But uh, that movie is effing directed, man. I mean, that movie's got great mm-hmm. original style. Yes, it does. It's
3: a great Pacula cool direction in that film. Oh, no,
0: uh, yeah,
3: it is. It is. Well, I mean, a lot of it comes too from from Gordon Willis's photography. I think, uh, you know, yeah, he's, just, he's lucky to have Gordon Willis there with him. But great, I sw- great music in it too. I like the use of yeah. uh, the use mm-hmm. of music in it. Yeah, it's it's uh, a uh that film. It's, it's uh, a great movie. It's yeah, a it is. Movie. Straight Time is a great movie too. But,
0: Don't get me wrong. I mean, both. You watch two really great movies.
2: Maybe. I, I that is that like is everybody.
0: the most that is the most overused. Anytime I want to think of like the most generic uh, quote to put on a movie poster, I always use the the phrase "tight, taut, and terrific." <laughs> 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 That's the most kind of
3: generic thriller rave that you can give. <laughs> <laughs> Says Joel Siegel. Let's see what have, what have I been watching? Okay, so. <clears throat> uh here's some of the great movies that I have never seen before that I've just come into contact with for the first time. Uh, and the first one I'm going to mention is Colossus, the Forbidden Project. Have you ever seen that? No,
2: dude, that's the greatest fucking movie's ever made. <laughs> oh, my, oh my. It's, it's 7, 18. Guys, we – all right. Um, Dean, you really struck yourself in the foot. You are talking to the man who loves this movie. <laughs> so just just just, see, just start and I'll help you out where I can.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh I, I had <clears throat> I had never seen it. Uh you know, it's directed by Joseph Sargent who was more famous as a TV movie director at that time. Uh but this is 1970, so it's pre uh uh taking a Pelham 123 which he directed mm-hmm. in 74. Uh so it's basically so if you've never heard of this, it's called Colossus the Forbidden Project, uh, and it's a science fiction, political science fiction movie from 1970. That it's basically kind of a precursor to something like War Games, or uh, even the
2: Terminator. The Terminator,
3: really? Sure, sure. The Terminator. I, I put it more into the War Games thing because it's it's oh, not yeah. a it's not a robot that's out out there. But anyway. Eric Braden, who is a more famous as a soap opera actor.
2: Well, no, uh, no, no, no. Let's wait. Let, let's 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 pause. Let's put the pause button on what you're going to so say. Eric Braden, who is also in this time period. Eric Braden is probably Doctor Who? And Charles, Right, Charles, is his first name? Am I am I right, in that?
3: Is it uh, or is it? I'm not sure what you're asking.
2: No, I'm just asking you his first name. I'm just asking that. That's the first question I'm asking. Oh, Jamie. Charles, you're gonna, Jamie, you're, Jamie yeah, i um, Jamie. You're gonna want to probably like send out press releases about what I'm gonna say in the next 20 minutes, but um, okay. But you know, Eric Braden at this time is probably responsible for playing the two most important doctors, scientists, and science in history. Because his other famous role this period is Doctor Hessline on the Planet of the Asian Oh but right, I, you know, yeah, yeah. You can't you no, know, You you know, you're like hey, I forgot. God, He played Hest, he played Hestline and Forbin. I mean, I'm sorry. Forget everything else. You know, I mean Peter Cushing. You know, we can say Peter Cushing played Tarkin and the guy, the Nazi doctor in Shockwaves. Fuck that. It doesn't have any. Doesn't even come close to this. Um, Forbin and Hestline in one lifetime. Forget the soap opera stuff later on. Forget that. <laughs> um, you know, okay. So you're playing the two most important scientists in 1970s <laughs> science fiction cinema yeah I mean but this movie gave me nightmares for years there are two sequels they're based on books um and there's a series sequels it it dean it gets better
3: don't worry it, Well hope. let's explain to people just in case people don't know what it is they don't know Bas- they basically don't know. basically uh the forbidden colossus is uh is the Lead character of the movie It's invented by uh, A a character named Charles Forbin uh, Who has been Contracted by the government To come up with A uh, artificial intelligence That will control uh, Our security And our safety uh, Mm -hmm. You know Into the foreseeable future Of course uh, The minute the thing goes online it starts screwing up. It's a disaster. It's a star- disaster, guys. <laughs> it just starts it starts communicating and acting on its own. Uh it starts communicating with other uh uh computer systems the in the PowerPoint. world. The, inclu- the Russian including PowerPoint. the Russians, yes. Uh, uh and uh it, it's just a <laughs> it's just a complete disaster. It's nothing but a oh. headache for everybody. So it's really <laughs> good. for
2: Chuck. Especially
3: for Chuck, he, he can't even have sex in private. Yeah, that's I mean,
2: true. He can't even have sex in private.
3: Well, that's the thing that always got me. That that's that's the crazy thing. Eventually, the computer uh, insists on having twenty-four hour access to its inventor, and mm-hmm. and basically keeping him in prison where he's uh, where he's under under the camera, uh, yes. under the uh, the computer's camera. Uh, 24 hours a day, he has to actually uh, uh, sort of. Um, I guess he has to negotiate with the computer for alone time.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> he, he
2: has to negotiate, and not very well, by the way. He does not. He's on the losing end of this. I mean, he's on the losing end of this the whole time. Yeah. Um, it's
3: a really, it's, it's really smartly written movie. It's written by James Bridges uh who hmm. late, later became a director uh and uh did things like uh the paper chase and uh at least he was the writer of the paper chase and also uh the china syndrome um yes, which yes. this this has some similarities to the China syndrome yes. in some ways
0: Now now you we can't hear you at all Jerry Jerry <laughs> Are you Sorry. stepping Sorry. away from the <laughs>
2: no, I'm right here. I'm, I haven't moved. It was seven
0: twenty-five.
2: I haven't moved since six o'clock. You guys are. I don't. I, if you have, I mean, supplies. Are, um, Colossus doesn't have cameras in the house right now. But um <laughs>
0: And, he, and he
1: did. Are, are
2: way, you? TV, are you? Are
0: you netting for sea bass, Jerry? What are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm not netting for sea
2: bass. What's happening? Uh, by the way, and I just want to go back to Gordon Willis for one second. If you've ever wanted to see what a Gordon Willis film looks like in real life. Come to my house. It's the most poorly lived house in the history of Western civilization. It's so dark in here. Um, it's it's a study. It's just
1: so uh. fucking dark in here.
0: Um, but, uh, okay, so Col- Colossus the Foreman Project.
3: And this, this is a foreman, foreman, foreman project. That's foreman. Not the oh, the F-O-R-B-I-N. not
2: Mark Foreman. It's not the Foreman grill. Not the
1: That's what I thought you guys were
0: talking about. I thought this was about the creation of his uh, grill that he made. No, 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 idea. No, no.
2: This, this movie so good.
0: You will thank me. You will thank me.
3: Where'd you, did you find it? Where, where's it? Where's it at? Uh, where did I find it? <laughs> where can people find it? I don't want it? to say. <laughs> I don't want to oh, say. Okay. Online. <laughs> wait, okay. you don't want to say? Wait, wait,
2: what is it? Like what is Eric Braden send it to you?
3: Like a... <laughs> uh, I, I found it on one of my sites that I go to okay. for
2: boobies. For oh, oh my oh my god. It's <laughs> that is that bad Dean Okay, wow. Yeah. Okay, oh, hang hang
0: on. Hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna read something real quick. Give me a second oh to look it up. We got some responses a couple of weeks ago to our conversation about call me by your name. God, uh, Jason O'Brien keeps sending me messages. He keeps sending me, I need pictures for the Oscar roundtable that we're doing. I need current pictures. So I told him to just use the picture of my penis that he asked for last night. And he keeps sending me more messages. <laughs> that would anyway. be
3: interesting as a as a profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> what is that?
0: Uh, hang on. We we got we got a. I'm I'm trying to find it. Hang on. And he loves calling me by. Okay, call Carl. This is a great listener. He's listened to us for many years. It's Carl. Uh. He says. Dean's reaction to moonlight was similar. Personally, I loved both films because they moved me and I com- was com- felt completely engrossed by them. The majority of so-called gay movies I find dull. Moonlight and Call Me By Your Name for many are transcending. Believing these films are mainly liked for political or so- social justice warrior reasons is beyond cynical. Call Me By Your Name isn't really about being gay. It shows sexuality is flexible.
3: I would agree so, with that. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I don't think call me by your name is about being gay any more than uh One Fine Day is about being straight. It just happens to be about two people of the same gender having uh, in in a romance. And uh my feeling is what we already said that the the romance is uh disingenuous. It's being played as this tender thing, and I think it's being played that way because Because the social justice warriors want it that way, when it's actually a pretty um, perverse uh, love story. And not because it's gay, Mm -hmm. but because it's perverse. I mean, the relationship in nine and a half weeks is perverse. Uh, Mm -hmm. But but nine and a half weeks
3: isn't selling itself as a tender romance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean – I. to me i just couldn't i couldn't figure out you know beyond the physical why the characters would go for each other like what what did they see in each other was there anything and i have to conclude after watching it i watched it a second time oh wow <laughs> I, I have to conclude that that there is there that's the connection is is it's purely a physical one uh so it's i i don't know That's not enough
0: for uh, me. Luke, Luke, a great listener of ours named Luke, he writes this frequently because he likes the show. He says, I couldn't help but write you a quick note after listening to the last MGU episode. I hated Call Me By Your Name, so much so that I walked out of the last 20 minutes and missed the great closing scene. As a gay man, I'm reluctant to say the film offended me because everyone is so easily offended by everything these days, but it too left me cold. Despite a few interesting moments, mostly down to Chalamet's performance, I thought the love story was more predatory than romantic. The endless shots of half-naked Chalamet, who at 22 still had the body of a prepubescent boy, felt Mm. uncomfortably pedophilic. And the peach scene was nothing more than a desperate bid by the filmmakers to be provocative at the expense of good taste. Even though I'm sure that Army Hammer thought that peach tasted good. I'm glad to say... (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I'm glad to say that nothing in the film resembled my personal experiences as a gay man and I'm troubled by the amount of love this film's getting. I mean, that's you know,
2: that's an honest. That's essentially, that's an what honest, we were saying. You know. Yeah, yeah. Let me. Hmm. I, I do think he.
3: But, but I, everybody's so afraid to say that. Say that.
0: There yeah. hasn't been I mean, one
3: major critic that said that, is there? Has there been? Well, I'd no, like no, to see at them. least one major critic call the movie what it is, which is dull. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to see. I
2: just, Dean, I think you did the movie a great disservice because I thought they were going to serve wine and cheese at the movie and called it <laughs> a the wine and cheese movie. Um, and I'll just say, I was really upset at the movie theater. Uh, they had no wine nor cheese. So I'm just going to say, Dean, I was really upset. No, but seriously, though, you know, I actually think there are two things, there are two parts of the movie I like. I, I do think the movie, the
3: Italian countryside, beautiful. It's a beautifully shot movie. I think we can all agree there. It's a beautifully shot film. Well, I, I mean, we they, love- could, they could put the camera down anywhere in that part of the world and, and get a beautifully shot movie. So.
2: Not if it was a house I was living in, Dean. Not so much, but okay. It was very dark. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> very dark. But no, I thought the scene with the, with his with the who was very much interested in their first time. I thought that was a very realistic scene. Um, I actually did think that scene was incredibly realistic, I thought that was a good touch but it's probably Michael um, Stuhlberg's speech at the very end that is what you're waiting for, I think that's what we're waiting for the whole time maybe, and I think that's a good part but no, I, I think the movie at that time it is, as you said, being increasingly just dull at mm-hmm. times, you're just, like, you're just like wow, I mean, does anything happen in this? I mean,
3: Can I yeah. bring up something about that Stuhlberg scene at the end? I just just (laughs) want to ask a question, okay? All right. What I got from that scene, which it is the best scene in the movie, but something that I got from that scene was I got the sense that the Spielberg character had brought Army Hammer into the house in order to sort of initiate his son into the into the wonders of of man boy love. Is that did did you get that from that? Because you know he's okay. He's he's okay. He's he's talking in the that scene about <clears throat> how he's kind of intimating that he wanted this kind of uh, love affair to happen to him when he was younger. Uh, and you get a sense that maybe he had an ulter- uh, some kind of ulterior motive in inviting uh, Army Hammer over to the house and letting him be so free with his his uh, son. Uh, do you, Do you understand what I'm saying? I feel like I feel like the father is kind of pimping out his son. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel that way, but I
2: understand. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I don't. I didn't get that. That's. I mean, that's an interesting interpretation. I didn't look at it that way, but wow. I mean, that's you're you're about from power. <laughs> that,
1: that, that is,
2: that's a lovely, I agree. It is, is cynical, cynical. But... Dude, That's God. I mean, that's that's by your standards. I mean, <laughs> it's beyond. So I understand what you're saying. Uh, I didn't see it like that. I just saw it as understood what the sun was going through, I guess. That's how I looked at that scene, but that's an, wow. I didn't know that. Wow. I mean, you're giving him a lot of credit there. I
0: mean, mean, okay. Here's what Joe had to say. Uh, Joe, absolutely one of our our most valued listeners out there. Uh, When he listened to our top 10 of the year show, Uh he said, I hope you won't be too terribly annoyed with me. But I didn't much care for Lady Bird, Uh, which is sad because it was a movie I was really excited to see. I'm writing my thoughts out on it, so I won't give you the whole spiel, but I will describe one of my problems. It has to do with Lady Bird's fat best friend. The character seems to me totally a type who exists merely to dote on Lady Bird and to teach her lessons about friendship, loyalty, and humility with virtually no autonomous life of her own. The whole story arc with Lady Bird betraying the fat friend in order to climb the social ladder by getting in good with a pretty rich popular girl is thoroughly banal. We've seen it a thousand times over in Heather's, The Facts of Life, The Brady Bunch. When Lady Bird discovers on cue that her new friends are mean and shallow, the last straw being they don't want to go to the prom, I became embarrassed for the movie, especially as Lady Bird there and then on the way to prom breaks with her boyfriend and goes straight to her fat friend's house where the girl is just sitting there, waiting for Lady Bird to show up and acknowledge her again. The poor girl doesn't even give Lady Bird shit for being such a crappy friend. The two are supposedly so happy to be reunited, they spontaneously decide to go to the prom together, sisters in spirit, for an utterly magical evening. The whole episode is vain and self-congratulatory.
1: Hmm.
3: Well, I can see where... uh where someone might think that it's uh, maybe cliched a little bit, uh, considering that uh, it is the kind of plot kind of trope that we've seen in other movies, as he says. But that doesn't make it feel any less true. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it feels real. Uh, I've definitely had uh, friendships that have, Uh, gone through tough times and then once that tough time is over uh we go back to the way things were you know Mm -hmm. i think that's that's what people want to go back they want to just keep these fights going uh forever so uh i i think uh it felt real to me uh you know uh I I think uh I think everything in that film feels real even even if uh, someone uh, uh another listener Jason Miller brought up who likes the movie said that everything feels real in the movie except for the beginning scene where she jumps out of the the car he said that that feels a little over the top um because i like, wow, she's suicidal. That's I <laughs> didn't know that about this character. But uh, uh, other than that, uh, I do see that that's a little over the top. But other than that, almost everything in that movie feels real. Uh, it feels real and... to me
0: too. But it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I mean, his his point that he made. He says it's weird to me that feminist filmmakers should fall back on these corny best friend characters. Um, why are fat girls in movies so often portrayed as squashed down and passive? Couldn't we have been saved, uh, spared this for something more interesting? In high school, I knew many a chunky chick. <laughs> they were they were vivid, aggressive characters who never had much problem snagging dick when they wanted it.
3: Yet you rarely see this unless it's a black movie. I agree. With what <laughs> wow, he, I wow. agree with uh, with a lot of what he's saying. What, you, what you're talking Joey's, about here is very bright. Joe what, was very what, bright and he wrote yeah. he wrote up like
0: twenty thousand words on Blade Runner, and it was mind blowing to me. So I mean I like him. But go ahead. I'm sorry.
3: Oh, no, no, this Joe's Joe good guy, Joe
0: Eisenberg, right?
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, he's, he's No,
2: he's a good guy. I like Joe. I mean, wow.
3: Yeah, he's uh he's a good guy. Um and very smart, very yes. very articulate, uh-huh. good writer. Um yeah, I I think what he's talking about there is just the general disdain that fat characters get in movies, you know? Uh it's uh they they're usually put down quite a bit. I thought I thought that uh that Lady Bird treated that character quite well though. Uh I I didn't feel it was particularly cruel to that character. Um, so I gave it credit for that. Uh um yeah, I, I don't have any problem with that uh uh BC Feldenstein's character in that, so.
0: As usual we thank everyone for writing in. Disagree, agree. Doesn't matter. We just appreciate the attention.
3: Yes we do. <laughs> the people are out there actually paying attention. So yes. Um Did you guys see uh did you guys see the polka king?
2: No, no, no. the Jack Black thing.
3: Yeah, well, it wasn't bad. It was, it was, uh, it was kind of fun. Uh,
1: did he Jack murder Black... Shirley
3: MacLaine in it? <laughs> uh, no, but he does other other horrible things, including a Ponzi scheme that uh, that goes horribly wrong. But uh, it was good. I, I it was. Uh, it was quite entertaining. J- Jenny Slate plays his uh plays his wife. Uh oh, okay, well uh... and a really good supporting performance from Jackie Weaver as uh his wife's mother who is constantly haranguing uh, the Jack Black character who's who's playing a real life he's playing a real life guy, uh, uh Jan Luan, uh who is a polka uh Grammy nominated polka artist who uh launches this scheme <clears throat> launched this scheme a long time ago uh where he would uh get financial support from his fans and uh and promise to pay them back with any proceeds that he would get and uh he ends up you know creating a pyramid scheme that uh get, goes out of control um but uh I thought it was a really, really good lead performance from Jack Black, and uh, even though I think the film is a little overbaked at times comedically, uh, I I feel like there's enough good stuff in it to recommend it. Uh, Jason Schwartzman is in it. Uh, Also, J.B. Smoove is in it, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) who I always like seeing. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I would recommend it. Uh, it's directed by Maya Forbes, so female filmmaker who's again you know <clears throat> when female filmmaker you know everybody's talking about you know how great it is female filmmakers are you know getting chances to direct things and so forth but when a when a movie like this comes out and like gets no attention whatsoever, I'm like wondering where where is everybody <laughs> nobody is. Nobody is singing the praises. There's so many uh, movies directed by females that go nowhere. Uh, yeah. things, well, things there's, like there's only and... one. There's only
0: one female filmmaker today, and that's Patty Jenkins. And right. and, and maybe maybe Elizabeth Banks because the picture perfect movies are perfect movies are doing well. Mm. Uh, you know, if it doesn't make dollars, then you're not on the radar, really. Uh,
3: uh, it makes but me sick, though. H- you're H- right. how, how are how are things going to make any dollars if we don't talk about them or <laughs> we got to hype them up a little bit? Uh, but uh, uh, well, it, it's, it's it's also one of those Netflix
0: movies where you don't even know that it exists until you log on to Netflix. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, that,
2: that's it. yeah.
3: I guess that's the problem because they're not There's promoting anything.
2: They're not promoting their movies, that's for sure. They're
3: really not promoting those at all. I mean, but the Irishman.
0: The Irishman. uh, Good lord. We'll change that. We hope. We hope they'll change that. We hope that will change that. Um, They 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 say that this movie will not only be you know uh, a great Scorsese movie, but it could be a game changer for the industry because of the extent of the effects that they're doing. Uh, Mm Hmm. It, man, what a big curiosity this movie is! It's just going to be
3: a oh, hit for me. Yeah, for yeah. us all. Now, is that really I never so- liked Jason Schwartzman, by the way. Never? Not even in the in the in the uh, opening days of of Rushmore and so forth. I liked him in
0: Shopgirl. That's the only movie I liked him in. Uh, of course, Shopgirl is a movie
3: I really like. Period. But um, does, I he, saw does, him. He, does he exude this he was, kind of hipster vibe that you don't care for, yes. or what? Yes. That's it. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Uh,
0: I saw him at a uh, at a um, of all places. I saw him in Amoeba Records in L. A. The first trip I took there, and he was like staring at my shirt because I was wearing a Scarface shirt <laughs> that was very unique. Yeah. Okay. And,
3: and, and wow. what? You got a bad vibe from him there?
1: <laughs>
3: no, I, I just looked
0: at him. I said, "You know, I've never liked you." <laughs> yeah. you, did not. you did not. I did not. I did not. No, it, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a Dan Aykroyd uh, displeasure uh, that I feel towards him. I, I, I just rewatched uh, Marie Antoinette. I, I, I'm fine with him. I, I, I am. I just. I don't respond to him, and I don't get, you know, my skirt doesn't blow up when I hear that he's in a, uh, a movie, and, you know, I, I wear a lot of skirts, so. Well, I mean, his,
3: his skirt probably doesn't go up either for himself, so, mm-hmm. I mean, he may not be either for so. himself, I think, uh, I, I like him as a supporting actor, you know, he doesn't need to be, in a, 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 I don't know if about a lead actor, but I enjoy seeing him in, in small roles. He had someone yeah. no out of his welcome for me.
0: Well, he's a copla. All, all, all of them are <laughs> in movies. There's a single copla that's not in the movie, some way. <laughs> that's <yeah. laughs> <laughs> true. Like,
3: uh, anyway. All, all right. right let's, well, anything else? Come
0: on. <laughs> yeah, that was on TV last night. Anything else? <laughs> Oh really? Wow. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. another Schwartzman, isn't it? Is he in that? What's the Woody Allen that he's in? in uh,
2: that one? No, no, no. That's, decent, that's decent Biggs, isn't it? In that? Jason Biggs,
3: or? yes. Mm. Schwartzman's in that Woody is? Allen, isn't he? Which one? He should oh, be. He should if he, if he's
0: not, yeah, he should be. Yeah, I mean, that'll be the quickest – if you don't like him, that'll be the quickest way to end his career. He should do Woody Allen. I'd be well, on a, apologetic for
2: it. I liked him in Rushmore and um, the, the other one, Darling Limited, and I also liked him in that show, Bored to Death or whatever. Bored to Death, that yeah. That was good. Um, I probably <laughs> killed his career right
0: there. But, um, <laughs> man, I was, I was talking to – here's – we always like to bring up titles, and it happens every time Adam's on, that we've we've never before mentioned on the show. So I'm going to bring one up tonight. We don't have to say anything about it. We'll just throw this out there. I was talking to Aaron last night, and we were going through different movies. We talked for like two and a half hours, and uh, he and I were talking about Ghost. I'm like, what about Tony Goldman's follow-up to Ghost, that movie Traces of Red? We've yeah, never brought that. movie remember up that. And he's like Yeah I remember Traces of Red He was like It was Jim Belushi Fucking Lorraine Bracco Who wouldn't want to see that (laughs) It's such a terrible movie It's one of those 90s thrillers From like Hollywood
3: Pictures The kinds that they would Come out with every week Yes Yep Wow I can't even remember that film
2: I do remember that film That's the I mean, you have a, t- a double feature that the, the dark. I mean, you got a man. I mean, you know, there, there's a double feature to put you to sleep in no time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've just been watching lots of. I've been watching a lot of classics. Uh, Paths of glory. Like the Van. Uh, oh. Yeah. Tr- tr- I mean, <laughs> I've been. I've been, uh, You know, I've really been trying to reconnect with what I love about movies. <clears throat> Uh and so I've been watching, you know, things like Four Hundred Blows, uh Sierra Madre, Paper Moon, uh Harry and Tonto, Sweet Smell of Success, hmm. uh Glengarry Glenn Ross and uh Kagamusha, which I hadn't seen in years. Hmm. Uh and The Spy Who Came In from the Cold. I hadn't seen that since I was a kid. And oh, uh it's all it's all these really great movies, dude. I mean these are all really good movies. Well. Yeah, I mean, uh you know, uh just uh I don't know, like I feel like after the beginning of the year after seeing so many uh current films, you know, that's that's all I was watching for like 2 months after reconnect yeah. with uh after reconnect with film history in some way. Right of course. Yes.
0: of course. this is this is a good time to do it. It's dry yeah. spell for new movies uh, in terms of quality. And the director of Glengarry has the number 1 movie in the country this week. That's right,
3: James Foley. Wow, Fifty Shades Freed, mf'er. This is his. This is his second Fifty Shades movie, right? He did the yes. first one yeah. too. You know, uh, you know well. I mean, at th- at this stage in his
0: career, he's making a mo- movies that people actually go see. I mean, that must that must <laughs> feel refreshing for him.
3: And he's not <laughs> directing TV. I'm sure he's directed his fair share of television too. So, he's probably. Glad to be back in the game. But nothing will quite match the majesty of two bits in James
0: Foley's career. But. <laughs> <laughs> two bits. What was that? That was Pacino playing the grandfather and Mary Elizabeth uh, Mastratonio yeah. Oh mother.
3: my God, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I Yeah, this is a I... double bill with traces of red. <laughs> two <bits and> traces <laughs> of red. <laughs> For me, James Foley will always be about uh, At Close Range
1: mm-hmm. Yeah
3: And, uh, and Glengarry Glen Ross Obviously True. He had a run so, there
0: I mean, At Close Range and After Dark My Sweet And Glengarry mm-hmm.
3: um, After
0: Dark My Sweet is great, I love that one
3: too. Yeah, he had a good run yeah. We we should run <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man <laughs>
2: All right, all right. So, wait, wait. wait. So what's next
0: year, next week's show will be
2: about? Um, besides talking about Black Panther, which should next week's
0: show will be about? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It depends on who's accused of harassment. Uh,
1: <laughs> maybe
2: maybe I
0: will be. Maybe I will be. Sad. Yeah, we need to drum up some publicity for the show because whenever you guys pat someone on the ass or something inappropriately, I we, need, we need some. <laughs>
3: we'll all have to. Start going outside of our house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta we gotta ride this wave, man.